This is KOA Sports. Now, Dave Logan, Big Al, and Ryan Edwards. this on a Friday. Also, the walk-up music for Benjamin Albright, our Kaylee Broncos insider. Sean Payton on uh, Javante Williams getting in limited practice. Listen, we do a medical report every night. We list the players as full, limited, or out. And so he's working in a limited capacity. We're being smart, uh, obviously. And I said this to you before, we were encouraged heading into this this time of the season, so it's good to have him out here. Well, because Sean Payton talked about Javante Williams, we can too. As we head out to the KOA Satura Health Hotline and bring on Benjamin Albright, our KOA Broncos insider. How about that? Sean Payton throwing us another bone, the media. We can talk about Javante Williams, can't we? Well, we can talk about Javante Williams. I thought that we were going to have to sue to get that, in keeping with the theme of uh, of Ryan Edwards wanting to just willy-nilly sue everybody. I, I was waiting for the Edwards lawsuit so we could talk about Javante. It's good that we didn't have to go that far. Be careful because you are right now treading in territory that is very close to being defamatory, and Ryan has legal counsel standing by. I would have called it slander, but it's in print, so I guess it'd be libel as well. There you go. Yeah, yeah. It feels like I just got two hands shoved over the phone, but I don't know if that'll hold up in court. But I'm, I'm going to say something about uh, it. Did you get a concussion? <laughs> Probably for something else, though. Ben, it's uh, it's it's been uh, it's been unique uh, this first week of OTAs with the Denver Broncos. You know, I, I, I'm uh, watching the uh, wire from. Around the league, it's kind of quiet this year. You know, of course, we heard about Aaron Rodgers with the calf sprain, but this does not feel like it's been uh, in years past where there's been a lot of chatter about um, OTAs. It, it, it's it's actually the opposite. You don't hear much of nothing from anybody. Yeah, certainly a lot more covert. And, uh, well, I can understand Sean Payton want to keep things under wraps and, you know, and, and, and all that kind of stuff. Reality is that any... Uh, buddy out there trying to keep things under wraps is, is really the cat's out of the bag by week two. We all have access to the All-22. In fact, you can get it from NFL.com uh, just by signing up for a, for a season pass. So uh, any any Yahoo at home can get access to the All-22, see what it is you run, and, and start to you know to, to chart tendencies, and all teams do that. So uh, the idea that you're going to keep things under wraps for long is, is a fool's errand, but I, I get it. You're trying to sort of give yourself any edge you can and, and keep things under wraps, and that's the way they're going to do things. Um. Let me let me ask you about a position, and we've talked about this before, the tight end position. A couple of additions in the offseason, uh, guys that, that Sean Payton is is familiar with, guys that will block you for sure. What what do we think, what are we expecting from um, Albert Oakwegbunam in particular and Greg Dulcich also uh, as we head towards training camp and then beyond? Well, clearly there was a dissatisfaction with that room as a whole. I mean, you know, they traded for Trout and they brought in Mannerts, 
Uh, they've, they've made no secret of, of adding to that room, specifically with the blocking functions of Maddox and Traub. And so, um, I, you know, as far as Greg Dulcich goes, he had a very productive rookie season despite missing parts of it. Um, I think that, uh, uh, you know, they want to see what he's able to do out there as a weapon. But, you know, this coaching staff isn't really as invested in him as, as perhaps the last coaching staff that was banging the table. And, you know, Albert O is going to have to show up and, and, and figure it out and, uh, really make a name for himself because, uh, you know, they, they've invested free agent dollars and, and draft picks in, in Mannerts and trading for Troutman. Um, you, you've, you've got Dulcich, who uh, had a productive year last year. Albert Oguaybenum is going to have to come out and show something he hasn't shown before, or odds are he's going to be on the trading block or perhaps gone altogether. Going back to Javante Williams for a minute, as we did get a chance to see him out at uh, OTAs, I, I'm curious from your perspective, who's been saying for a while now that you think Javante Williams is at risk of missing the season, though the the Broncos seem to be a little bit more optimistic and certainly getting in a limited practice at OTAs would say maybe he's closer than at least you originally thought. Well, he seems to think he's closer. I know there's some people close to him that, that suggest that he's uh, pushing himself further than maybe medical professionals would, would like. Um, as far as the rest of it goes, he's wearing a massive brace and participated in a walkthrough. That's not, it wasn't a real practice, you know, with that kind of stuff. Those are encouraging signs, but we're still not where we need to be. If he starts the training camp, uh, it, it, you know, not kind of sidelined and off to the side, I would be shocked um, we'll, we'll see how that, how that works out, but certainly he's further along than anyone anticipated. And that's, that's a good thing. The question is making sure he doesn't push himself too far to, to get back to where he needs to be, especially because his style of running is very violent. He seeks out contact. It reminds you sort of, of Marion Barber, the way that he runs violently. And, um, you know, having that, uh, the injury that he had, there's been one running back to ever successfully come back from the injury that he had. That's JK Dobbins. And his success has been sort of hit or miss. So it's going to be interesting to see um, when we go from beyond walkthroughs to actual practices to preseason type games where he's actually at in that recovery. You know, Russell Wilson's body transformation is amazing. I mean, it's uh, it's like the guy is uh, a, a new player. I mean, he looked like he shedded a whole person or something since the mm-hmm. last time we saw him. It, it's uh, it's amazing. He looks fantastic. Is is. Is this the rust that we're going to see? I mean, the fan base probably haven't seen him um, since the, you know the last game of last season. But my goodness, man, the guy looks amazing right now. Well, yeah, and he started this transformation back in November. He knew that he needed to lose weight uh, last season. He hit the buffet circuit a little bit too hard. He came into the season by design a little thicker because he was trying to transform himself into a pocket passer and wanted a little extra padding to take the hits. But uh, he got all he ballooned all the way up to 238, 239 pounds, and oh. uh, that's well above his normal playing weight of, of 220, uh, 225. And, and in fact, it's, it's he's down to about 217, 220 now. So um, you're, you're going to see a much more stealth Russell Wilson with the ability to be nimble and take off and uh, and that is by design all right ben last couple here for you uh really appreciate the time as always uh jerry judy uh as we heard from sean payton again referencing sean payton's presser that's how we have to do this <laughs> uh he you're having a hard time with that you're having you? a really, really hard seriously. time with it a thigh bruise again according to sean payton so uh, i'd really love to know from you is this uh what what kind of concern should we have here? 
Well, I'm concerned for the guy he ran into. Is he going to sue, obviously, with that cyber? No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> Brian, we'll let you answer that, by the way. <laughs> he's got a case. No Mortimer, sue Mortimer! He's got a case. Go ahead, Ben. Yeah, the, uh, the thigh bruise isn't, isn't as bad as, for instance, toe bruising, you know, getting that turf toe that, that yeah. lingers like that. A thigh bruise can be a problem, uh, and it just depends, especially if you get calcium deposits in it. Uh, that's what derailed Peyton Hillis's career, believe it or not. He had a thigh bruise and got calcium deposits and ended up der- derailing his career a bit. Uh, so they'll, they'll, they'll take it, you know, nice and slow with Jerry Judy, and I'm sure that, that uh, you know they'll make sure that he's uh, gets the adequate amount of rest and that he heals up and, and all that kind of stuff. He's he's going to be fine. They have big plans for him this year, uh, as far as that goes, and and so uh, you know they'll 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 be very cautious with that. As far as referencing things from a presser or not, uh, I'm just going to reference things I see, and if they want to throw me in Broncos jail, they can throw me in Broncos jail. Good, good luck with that. Yeah, uh, Ben. Wish you well, Ben. Yeah, I, I hope you remain our KOA Broncos insider. Then uh, always appreciate it, man. Have a great weekend. The insider means inside that jail cell. You guys take care. <laughs> See you, Ben. <laughs> I don't think that's what that means. No. Uh, yeah. I'm being a little tongue-in-cheek. I actually, again, I kind of got into it with some people on Twitter uh, last night uh, sort of discussing it because there are a lot of people that are still like, hey, this is good. The media don't deserve, they don't deserve anything. And uh, again, it, 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 I've always viewed it very quickly. And before we get to the rest of this thing, I've always viewed it as media are the conduit, right? It, it's a connection with the fans and the team. And, and we should never be the story. The media should never be the story, but sometimes sometimes media members make themselves the story. And, and in that respect, I think it's a, I think it's an abuse of power. But if it's just for information, if it's just to connect with the fans and the fans to connect with the team, I think that's being used properly. And if the message is being controlled or limited, then that's going to limit some of the fan experience. The, the message has always been and will always be controlled and limited. It just wasn't last year. Right when Mike Shanahan was here, the message was controlled and limited. And I mean, you've covered the Broncos forever. Al played for the Broncos. I've done Broncos games for thirty-three seasons now. The Broncos, and I've we all have friends that work out there. But I'm not lying or misrepresenting when I say they try to control the narrative on virtually everything. And mm-hmm. so, so do the other thirty-one NFL teams. So. It's just now that you have a guy that realizes that things had run amok last year and is is bringing everything closer to the vest until you know his players and the organization can kind of figure out how he wants things done. I'm I'm good with that, honestly. I mean, I I don't have any problem with that. We'll report on the games when they play well. We're going to say they play well. When they don't play well, we're going to say they don't they don't play well. I don't know. But I, but I could be I could be I could be the outlier in in that regard. I don't think you are. You know, you know what I no, mean? No, I don't think you are. Because I know there we've got friends in the. I mean, we all have friends that work in the media. There, there's. I mean, some of them are highly pissed about yes. what's going on. Right. I just can't. I mean, I just can't work up enough righteous indignation to to like join them in this. It's like, hey, okay, all right. Yeah. It. I, as I said yesterday, and then I'm going to play some more Sean Payton here for you because I want to talk about some more topics, and the only way I can do that is with the sound. There you go again. But <laughs> I can't help it. <laughs> there you go. I, but but I, I, as I said, I if that they win, most of the stuff doesn't matter, right? I mean, in the end, oh, in the let's end, hope for that. Yeah, it, that's what we're all we're all pulling for that. I mean, even the media okay, members them, that cover and want to be objective, you want to cover a winner. 
It's not fun it's a lot covering easier the loser. to do so. Yeah, it's a lot. And it's it, a lot it makes your fun. job more entertaining. It's yep. uh, you know, it's all, all of these years covering the team. And I remember when we were on a separate station over in 760, and it's just like every single day you come in, you're just like, you know, we're a Broncos show, and all we talk about is Broncos, and they're really, really bad. And you got to find creative ways to do that without sounding like you hate them. Mm-hmm. And because because fans don't want to sit there and listen to anybody just crap on their team all day. It's just not fun. Why does welcome to my world pop into my mind? <laughs> yeah. I don't know. You got that look on your face like, yeah. Like, I, yeah, I, yeah. I feel your pain. Glad you're feeling that. Here's Sean Payton on the uh, release of Brandon McManus. Ultimately, you're constantly looking at what's the best interest for your team and relative to, and a lot of times money and and what your musts are come into it, you know? And so you guys know this better than anyone, that the transactions, you know, continue here from now until training camp. And there may be a player or two we're still looking to, to sign. Um, so we factored a lot of that in, and, and then uh, we made that decision. All right, Al. So he says it's about money. That was the decision for Brandon McManus. He said a lot of times. Look <laughs> <laughs> He said a lot there. of times it's about money, you know. Uh, he didn't necessarily say this was about money, but if he did or didn't, it doesn't matter. It's done. So how do you move on is is the next part of this equation. And and I think that you move on and um, this is going to be a, a battle in training camp. I don't even know who the kickers are going to be when, when it when it's actually time for training camp, because I know what happens in this time period is that you will have two or three. You'll have two guys that you'll have out there, and then one guy will maybe stick on, and then what happen is a week later you'll see another kicker come in, and um, you'll have another battle there, and then maybe the third week. Or fourth week, you'll have one more kicker come in, and then, you know, this is like this is the active way training camp goes, and and even when McManus was here, that was still going on, you know. But it's not much of a story because McManus is the designated kicker and the guy that you pay money to. But they do this so that they can have a history of who played well, why they had a chance. But this time, it'll be actually for. An actual job interview. I think Brent Maher will be one of them, one of the kickers. I think I agree with Al. There'll be a couple of other guys that are that are brought in. Maybe one other guy when camp actually starts. One of the things that coaches I think like to do, like the new head coach here, and I think others around the league, they want to be able to bring players in and people like us not find out about it necessarily. Mm-hmm. They bring teams bring guys in all the time to On work Tuesdays. out, but what they don't want necessarily is for that story to get out because then it gets back to the players that are currently in the building and it causes, you know, ruffles where maybe, it, maybe it shouldn't, maybe it's completely unnecessary, but they, they do that all the time. And I would say this about Brandon McManus. I'm a huge fan of his. Um, I like him. I, I, I feel confident when that guy's out there with the game on the line that he's going to make it. Does he make all of them? He, he does not. Did he have his best year last year? He did not. Was money a factor? I think it was. Were there other things that were factors as well? Absolutely. And I think it it again points out that Sean Payton and this staff have an idea in terms of what they want their players to look like, act like, be like, and 
I think they made a decision that they were ready to move in a different direction. By the way, how about Ben saying moments ago about Russell Wilson, about the nearly 240 pounds that he was at He did last have his year. own chef. Well, yeah, I mean, but I don't think he's... A lot of pasta. Yeah, actually, <laughs> Al, he had two. I don't think he was carb loaded. He brought two with him. Wow. One, one, one for home, one for the facility? No, one, one, and then the other one, when the fir- this is a true story, when the first one went on vacation. <laughs> oh, okay. Okay. Okay, so, you know. Yeah. Maybe there's uh man, I'm just telling you, man, Russell Wilson looks good. He's he, he's down to about two fourteen, I believe now. Oh, wow. Man, um, he looks and I, good. I said back in January, one of the things this is before Sean Payton got hired, you were gonna see a completely different Russell Wilson from just how he looked and I think how he how he sort of operates. He's and in on the line Pey- right now. Peyton's part of it. But I also think he realized after last year's train wreck, mm-hmm. hey man. I got to go about my business in a different way. I, I would imagine in that situation, Dave, that he had to look at a guy like uh, Drew Brees. Because Drew Brees was an undersized quarterback, but he was almost slight, if you will. I mean, it, you know, I think about uh, Jake Plummer wearing a Denver Bronco uniform, maybe one of the most slight guys to ever wear a Denver Bronco uniform as a veteran. Um I don't think Russ is in that body body type yet. No. But I think about Drew Brees and the way Drew Brees looked his last year playing. I would imagine that Russell was going to look somewhere similar to that, but a little thicker with his lower body. Yeah, I think that's fair. I I just think you're going to see, again, we've talked a lot about it, and so I'm anxious to see how this thing sort of rolls out there. But I, I believe you will see a completely different Russell Wilson. And you're going to see a guy that is, he's not a pocket passer, and I don't think Sean will use him strictly as that. But you're going to see a guy who early in the season throws the ball on time. They're going to run the ball, the play pass, he's going to throw the ball on time. I don't think you'll see as much pinballing stepping up and bouncing into guys, which has been Russell's nature mm-hmm. over even the f- nine years, 10 years in Seattle. And certainly last year, he tried to do that way too much. I think a lot of that early in the season is going to be curbed. You know, I've, I've been uh, watching uh, Sean Payton's special plays, and he's got some special plays to him. I mean, you know, his his red zone package for gotcha plays, pretty damn good. Yeah. You know, I've seen a quarterback throwback. I've seen a tight end delay. I've seen a tight end fall down. I've seen uh, the plays in the red zone that make you go, hmm. okay, all right, you better you better keep your responsibility all the way until this play is completely done or else he'll get you. Don't forget, this is the coach in, in a Super Bowl, that onside kick coming out of halftime. Yep. So he's got some of that in him as a play caller, and I just couldn't help but think on a Drew Brees touchdown on a throwback from a running back, an old Dan Reeves play. Um, I can still see um, my rookie year, uh, Steve Sewell throwing a pass back to John Elway down the sideline, and I was running down, you know, running down the sideline, and I was asking, whose man is that? <laughs> Were you saying that as you ran? After I got down, after I got down to like the three-yard line, I'm like, whose man is that? Did you catch him? No, hell, no, no. I was after Steve Sewell. I was on him like, <laughs> I was on him like, Roscoe Pico train. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I was trying to, I was trying to run down 
I was trying I was trying to run down Steve Sewell from the backside. He stopped and threw the ball back to John Elway. And I asked, whose man is that? And everybody was like, that's your man. <laughs> was it your guy? Because yeah, I was an end guy on the oh line of scrimmage. Oh. It was a quarterback. I mean, it was a running back throwback to the quarterback right. on a shotgun. Right. So that, you know, the end mm. man on the line of scrimmage has that guy the rest of the way down the field. Yeah. It's like a reverse, right? So uh learned my lesson, but I saw that play. I've seen some I've seen some plays, man. I'm I'm uh, I'm I'm more comfortable with who he is in the red zone now than I was when he took over, of course. He's pretty creative. Pretty creative, man. Pretty creative. And I tell you, he's got some gotcha plays. He's got some he's got some of that, even though he may be a tough ass coach and all of that, and he's got some he's got some gotcha plays to him. I love I love coaches who have that to him. Love it. One of the newest Broncos, Zach Allen, had a chance to catch up with him out at OTAs yesterday. We'll bring you that interview when we come back on KOA Sports, 850 AM and 94.1 FM. The insider means inside that jail cell. You guys take care. I don't think that's what that means. No. Great stuff with Benjamin Albright. That interview already up at KOAColorado.com. I had a chance to catch up with Zach Allen, Broncos defensive end, following yesterday's OTAs. Started out by asking him about Vance Joseph, who is his defensive coordinator down in Arizona, now the Broncos defensive coordinator. I asked him how much did that influence his decision to join the Broncos. Yeah, it was definitely a big role. Um, you know, I have a lot of familiarity with him, um, and, you know, I just feel really comfortable with him. I think he's you know, one of the best coaches in the league. So anytime you have a chance to stay with him, you know, you're going to take that. Going with number 99, is that a little bit uh, sort of an homage to JJ? No, I tried to get 94, but, uh, you know, AP, he runs a hard bargain, so good for him. So, uh, yeah, no, I just took whatever was open, and, you know, that was that. But what about your relationship with JJ? I saw you guys sort of tweeting right after you signed here with the Broncos. What, describe your relationship with him. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, we became really close over the past two years, um, you know, still really close with him. Um, you know, we just had a really good on-field and off-field chemistry and, you know, was able to, you know, obviously learn from him. And, you know, also he's just a really good friend. So, um, you know, glad that he's doing really well now in retirement. You know, he's doing the whole media tour right now. So, uh, but yeah, no, just really fortunate to, uh, you know, be friends with him. What kind of pass rush moves do you feel like you learned from him? Uh, you know, we, we kind of had similar styles, you know, obviously, but, you know, we each kind of did our own thing. So, um, you know, I just learned a little bit of everything from him. Let's go to uh, OTAs now. A uh, little bit different deal here. Uh, you're a lot more focused on conditioning, especially in phase one. How different is this OTAs from anything you've experienced? Yeah, I mean, I never really had OTAs in AZ, so, um, you know, it's definitely nice. And, you know, the amount of, you know, attendance and everything like that has been great. And, um, you know, the guys just, everybody here, you know, there's just such a high standard and everybody's, you know, matching that, doing great. So, um, you know, I'm really excited to be here and be part of a, you know, really like-minded group. What do you think about the pacing so far practices? It seems like uh, Sean Payton really likes you guys kind of running towards drills. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, obviously that's, you know, you're trying to build conditioning in every way, and, you know, he's been so successful for such a long time, so, you know, I'm always going to listen to him. <laughs> yeah, what is uh, what, what have you learned so far about him as a head coach? Yeah, I mean, he's, you know, one of the best, and, you know, it's it's been early, but, you know, just he was also a really big reason why I came here, and, you know, everybody that I've talked to, you know, just speaks the world of him, and, uh, you know, now I'm definitely seeing why. What's that group, defensive line group so far? How have they sort of welcomed you in? 
Yeah, it's been seamless. Um, great group. Coach Dixon does a great job with the guys, and you know we got great young guys, great veterans too. So it's a really good balance, and uh, you know I'm really excited to be here. So your role on this team maybe has to be a bit of a leader, especially because you've, Draymond is no longer here, and uh, they're going to be looking for those opportunities to to lean on you. Uh, what experiences have you had uh, over the course of your life, high school, college, whatever, in leadership roles? Yeah, I mean, I think I've had it, you know, kind of everywhere, you know, I've gone. And, you know, I'm a guy that just kind of tries to lead by example. Um, you know, that's really all you can do. Uh, and uh, but, you know, I think this you got a lot, a lot of great guys on this team that, you know, like I said earlier, are like minded and just know how to work hard. And, you know, it's been great. Uh, from the defense last year uh, was was one of the, the good the good moments for this team, right? I mean, there's top ten defense across the board in so many stats. Is that when you come into this building, do you get the sense that that this team has a lot of pride when it comes to the defense and how good they are? Yeah, you definitely could tell. Um, you know, and obviously, um, you know, you have such a talented group, and you know, you come in and you just want to, you know not even just keep the standard but keep you know progressing that standard and everybody's doing a great job of it everybody's been working hard studying really well so it's been awesome to be part of such a successful group i would be uh, remiss if i didn't ask you about the altitude because everybody does how's that work for your conditioning yeah i mean it definitely helps um you know i haven't been you know anywhere else since so i can't tell the difference but since being here you know coach dan's done a great job with us and uh you know the first couple days you could feel it but uh you know it's not hasn't been a problem now so I know it's a little bit early, but opportunities today go against this offense. Uh, what are some, some things that you're, you're seeing out there with, with this group who certainly are looking for a bounce back here? Yeah, I mean, it's early. It's only, you know, day three of going against them. But, you know, you could just tell, you know, again, everybody's been working hard. You're still, you know, working on everything, the little tiny details. So, um, you know, I got a lot of, you know, you know, excitement for that group, and it should be fun. Have you had a chance to chat with uh, any of the rookies? Drew Sanders, for example, who's going to be playing their linebacker. Yeah, no, the rookies have been great. They've uh, got a really good attitude coming in, and, again, they've just kind of really fit in really well, so it's been great. Done anything fun here in Colorado yet? Uh, no, I'm just trying to find a place to live. So, <laughs> yeah, it's been, uh, it's been fun, though. Um, definitely glad I'm out here. Love the weather. Love everything about it. So it's been, it's been awesome. All right, thanks, Zach. Appreciate, Appreciate it. You. Thank you. All right, Zach Allen. We'll get the interview up at KOAColorado.com. Nice guy. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, the, the – <laughs> You know, I know, I know that these guys are veterans. Uh, try and, and you tried, you tried to pull it out of them. Whew. I mean, my goodness! I mean, that must have been like twelve questions that you answered, <laughs> asked in like total length of the interview, two minutes, minutes and fourteen seconds. <laughs> <laughs> Not the hardest interview I've ever Some had. Some guys are more comfortable answering questions. Sure, you know what I mean. And he um, was very nice about it. Yeah, he like was, I, seemed I, like a good guy. If it's going to be like that, I'd rather the nice versus the standoff. Like I don't yeah. want to talk to you. And I'm being forced to talk to you. He he was definitely not like that at who, all. Who, who of all the guys you've ever interviewed, which guy have you personally interviewed where you say I'll never forget that interview because of something mm. they said or did during the interview? That's a great question. I I might have to think about that. Then for a you minute. have somebody, Ralph Sampson. Oh wow! Just tell tell me right what happened. There. What were the circumstances? Uh, I had just broken in radio, and I'm working with Irvin Joe. And Irv was doing the Nuggets TV package at mm -hmm. that point. So he was gone quite a bit. Thus, Joe and I are working together. So we had no idea this was coming. Joe and I are sitting there talking. Irv is in Houston getting ready to call the Nuggets and the uh, Rockets game. And all of a sudden, Rich Goins. Uh-huh. The mm -hmm. G-Man. Guppy. I nicknamed him Guppy before Guppy. he became the G-Man. Uh, the Guppy, uh, like, literally wakes up behind the glass 
knocks on the glass and puts a board up. Ralph Sampson on the hotline. I'm like, so we're, we're talking. We have no. You don't have a talkback button. There's no. Oh no. We, we're, no. There's no talkback button. He, he had a board. He wrote a whiteboard. A whiteboard. On a whiteboard. He put the whiteboard to the window. It says Ralph Sampson. Go, go to line one. Uh, so you know. I'm, so I say, hey, right now we head down to Houston. Let's uh, talk with the guy that's going to be playing tonight against uh, your Denver Nuggets. Uh, that is all-star Ralph Sampson. Ralph, it's Dave Logan and Joe Williams. Thanks for your time. How you doing? Good. I said, okay, so you've got a game tonight. Nuggets come in, uh, winners of the last six. You guys are also on a roll. You've won uh, your last seven. I mean, how do you look at this matchup with the Nuggets? Oh, they're, no. They're a good team. Oh, no. So then Joe hops in, you know, asked a question. He gave, like, he gave... Two word answers, like two of those. He gave one word answer like three times. And then if we finally said, Hey Ralph, thanks a lot for the time. So that was a young Dave Logan. Oh that, yeah, man. That was Because a, I mean I mean brand, right brand now with that brand happens, new in radio. Yeah, I'm, I'm if that would happen right now, I would imagine you would say, Listen, man, it sounds like you don't wanna yeah, you don't wanna be with us, so we'll let you go. Well, I mean, you know, we 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 thought it was great that we actually got Ralph Sampson. Right. It was a big deal. Right, right. You know, Twin come, Towers. Come yeah. on the radio with us. But, you know, afterward, and Irv gets on, and, uh, you know, afterwards during a break, we said, Irv, I mean, come on, man. I mean, he didn't want to talk. Oh, you know, he was fine. I mean, so, I mean, sometimes you get guests like that who you know almost as soon as you get into it, like, okay, this dude would be, He'd almost rather be anywhere right. than sitting here talking to us. Right. I did have one of those, Jerry Tillery, who was the first round pick for the Chargers. Notre Dame, right? Yes. Good good job. Yeah, Jerry Tillery. Uh, and and we had him on with, with Steve Atwater, myself, and, and Andrew Mason. We were doing that show. And you said it perfect. Could not, wouldn't be anywhere else in the entire universe. Yeah. And you're, you're talking like Steve Atwater, but he didn't know who he was. He didn't know, he didn't care about any of it. And you could just hear him. And then there was a point towards the end of the call where he said, he was answering a thing. He said, all right, guys, I got to go. And he hung up on us. Oh, we were like three <laughs> minutes into the interview. Oh. And he's like, all right, guys, thanks. I got to go. I'll tell you one other one. We got Tommy Lasorda. Oh, yeah. From Dodger Stadium. Oh, yeah. In, before a game. That must have been a before great a one. game. I mean, it's, you know, I mean, it's, it's, it's Tommy like, Lasorda. I'm on KOA at that point. So we're, we're talking to Tommy Lasorda. And he, I mean, it couldn't, couldn't be better. Uh, he was talking right. about the Dodgers. Yeah. Right. And I, th I think it was like, uh, I can't remember if it was the year they were going to the World Series or not, but three or four questions into the interview. It's a, Tommy Lasorda says, and it's it's me and Scott, Tommy Lasorda says, hey, fellas, listen, hang on hang on just a second, and puts us, puts us on hold. <laughs> so we're on, we're on hold uh -huh. for Tommy Lasorda, and you can hear like uh, the... Dodgers PA announcer talking about season tickets this year for the LA Dodgers come and package. I mean, so they're doing things you would normally get while on hold calling the Dodgers. He came back. I think like we're, we're sitting there making fun of us on hold and he came back like in 90 seconds and resumed the conversation. Wow. Right in the middle. Right in the middle. I mean, I mean, that guy hey, is... Hey, fellas, hang on one second. We'll be right back. <laughs> right. I mean, it's like... But you hold. You got to hold. Well, you got to hold. You got to hold. You got to hold. You got to hold. Yeah, man. So, man. I mean, I have one guy, man, that every time I interviewed him, we had to have our finger on the dump button. Who was it? Nate Webster. Oh, oh the linebacker. Yeah. Man, listen, man, that dude used uh, a four-letter word 
in every interview. <laughs> and we only had him on like two times, man. No, three, three times, three times. So we were, oh, the first time I was like, okay, okay, let, let, let's just... Let's just okay. We throw that one away. You know, hey, you know, he was a little excitable. I, I got him all excited. You just didn't know he was on radio. <laughs> then the second time, uh, we were like, oh, 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 yeah, oh, okay, right. Nate, all right, all right, all right, man. And then so the third time, so the third time, it may have been Cooper Hoover as our producer said, hey, listen, uh, Nate, uh, you you can't say uh, you can't say. You know, uh, the four letter words. The four letter word, right? Uh, on on radio, you know, it's against the FCC violation. So he made sure uh, to tell him, right? And so the interview's going, and I was like, you know, hey man, you know, that was a that was a that was a that was a great hit, man. On it, and the first thing that came out of his mouth was. <laughs> you, gotta, you gotta be kidding me, dog. Oh. You gotta be kidding me. Let's get a quick check of traffic from the Kway Traffic Center. Here's Dave Hunter. It's time for Show Me the Money. Show Me the Money. On KOA Sports. Show Me the Money! Jerry, you better yell! Show Me the Money! All right, time for Show Me the Money. First, I want to remind you. Taking it for granted, Memorial Day special is coming up on Monday. While KOA shows are off Memorial Day, KOA's Grant Smith, our guy Grant Smith, is going to host a military appreciation theme, Taking It for Granted Memorial Day special at 10 a.m. and at 8 p.m. around Rockies Baseball at 1 o'clock. Way to go, Grant, man. Way to go. That's Memorial Grant. Memorial Day, Grant. Memorial Day on KOA. Yeah, man. I mean, uh, I got married on Memorial Day weekend. 14 years ago. It's funny how those days change. Is it is it Memorial Day the third Monday? It's a, usually the or last the Monday. Fourth, the fourth Monday, huh? Yeah. yeah. No, I must have got married on... Oh, Memorial Day must have been like the 25th. So what day would I have gotten married on if Memorial Day was the 25th, Ryan? What in the hell is, are you doing? I'm asking. Melting my mind. About it. You, you Memorial got married. Day is normally on a what? A Monday. Monday. So what day did I get married on? Saturday. And that would be the... It's, it changes. Best decision you ever made. Yes. <laughs> Happy anniversary. I said That's it was I, the 25th, <laughs> so naturally... <laughs> 23rd, right? There you go. There you go. <laughs> That's hell. Golly, man. Come on. <laughs> I was trying to get I'm like, I don't want this show to be over. Welcome yeah. <laughs> to uh, this segment presented by Activo. Oh. All right. Show me the money time. Oh, we got Lord. Boston. We got Miami. The best decision I've ever made. There you go. That was well there said. There you go. Very good, Dave. Yes, sir. Celtics by two and a half over under 210 oh, and a half. The big that was guy. Good. Alfred Williams with a five-three lead right now. Dave and I are tied at four-four, and Benjamin Albright is three-five, so he's out. Ben, he's taller than that, isn't he? <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> Never mind. Never mind. Yeah, we're almost out of here. It's almost the weekend. Ben is taking Miami plus two and a half, and the over. The over. What are you doing, Ryan? Give me the same pick. Miami plus two and a half and the over. Okay, the big over. man, you're a game in front. I am taking the Boston Celtics. And Woo! what's the... What's the uh, Minus two and a half. And the over-under is 210 oh, and a half. Well, give me the Boston Celtics. Give me the over. 
The over. So I'd like to win. What did you take in terms of the over? I took and Miami and over. Okay, good, because I can win it. It's yes, real can. it's real simple. Yep. Uh and I do like this pick a lot. I'm taking Miami plus the two and a half. And to to be the winner of the week, I will go under the two ten and a hook. Mm. The under. Yep, Miami and under. Yep, you have a shot. You have a chance. So you're saying there's so you're a chance. Saying there's, saying there's a chance. chance. Oh my See, it's goodness. funny. You, you, early so on, many subplots to this show. <laughs> yeah, I know. Right? You are rooting, you're rooting for Game Seven, Dave. You're rooting as I am for this thing to be over tomorrow night. Yeah, I, I just think, hey, listen, if if the Celtics wind up winning this and they they create history, no one came ever come back from down uh, three oh three. Uh, in NBA playoff history, congratulations, and bring on the Celtics. It's not like, you know, I'm thinking, oh, gosh, Nuggets will beat the Heat, but they can't beat the Hey, If it's the Celtics, Nuggets are going to find a way to beat the Celtics too. Yep. I like that. I do like that. All right, everybody, have a safe and happy Memorial Day weekend. Thank you to Grant Smith, Michael Coover for Dave Logan, Alfred Williams. I'm Ryan Edwards. We got Rockies baseballs. They take on the Mets coming up here at the top of the yeah. hour. We'll chat with you on Tuesday at 3 o'clock on 850 AM and 94.1 FM. Bang! <laughs> Bang! <laughs>